Welcome one and all to Umami Manga. I'm Petter and this is James. Hello! And today we are talking about volume 23 of Kaguya-sama Love is War. It's always such a big event for me whenever we do one of these these days. <laughs> I'm always happy. And you know, something I, w I want to say before we get into the discussions real quick is that we have recently gone through the Vinland Saga manga together. Mm -hmm. It's been a blast. Go check it out if you haven't. Or, well, read the manga first if you haven't. And then listen to our podcast if you want to. <laughs> it, we've had a lot of fun doing that. And I, I said, I, I expressed by the end of that uh, catch-up that Vinland Saga had usurped, uh, usurped Kaguya-sama Love's War in my mind. That's like, as far as like my favorite manga goes. However, on further thinking about it <laughs> that I, I i can't say that's the case really like going back and reading more kaguya-sama again and having read this most recent volume i feel like kaguya-sama re does remain my favorite manga ever mm. even though even saga is also incredible and it's very close but it's not it doesn't quite beat kaguya-sama for me just wanted to say that <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad you got that out yeah it feels good <laughs> <laughs> well let me just say about this volume this is probably one of my favorite volumes so far. Like it is. Mm -hmm. There's so much drama, so much, so much good co comedy stuff, and really great character moments that were much needed. Yes. Uh, and yeah, just a lot of a lot of great stuff in this volume. Maybe it's because it's been so long since the, the volume twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> but it it really was nice to find to read the story again and. Um, get back into it absolutely and it, it was i agree with you it I, I think this was a stronger volume than uh so, several others have been it, it was mm -hmm. it was a very strong one to me very strong one. Yeah. and it was nice to see like the first three chapters basically had very good chica focus while the last six chapters of the volume had incredible miko fo focus yes um yes. So it was good to get focused on, well, our two favorite girls. <laughs> and um, I mean, I, I will say, actually, I was very positively surprised to see this much Miko content in this volume, since I hadn't really expected, mm. I guess, that amount of focus on her to come until yeah, the next actually, volume. Same. Since, you know, since the next volume has her on the cover art. The covers are a lie. Like, <laughs> they I, are. <laughs> Kagi was on this one, and yeah, she had an appearance and had a couple important things. But it wasn't about her. Like, uh, no, come no. on. You're right. Absolutely. Honestly, I kind of feel like this one and the previous book should have switched volume covers. They should have switched. <laughs> I agree. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> um, one last thing I'll point out before we get into the character discussions is that the character index at the start of the volume is still not up to date with the school years for the characters that are in, the, in there. Yeah. It still says that they're in first slash second grade, respectively, which is not the case. So get on that. I don't know if that's the localization, I, like on the localization yeah. team, or if it's on the actual real books. But well, anyway, I, I think it's gotta be the actual localization team. Like they, they must be going over their head, not thinking that. That feels like a detail that the mm. actual publication would be on top of. True. You know? Yeah. Right. Right. Oh well. Let's start by talking about Miko Ino this time. The title page for chapter. 226 has a drawing of her where she's I, I guess it's supposed to be like the representing the conniving Miko where the she's bad wearing a girl. <laughs> yeah, the bad girl Miko where she's yeah wearing a hoodie and some thigh high socks and earrings and it's <laughs> funny <laughs> yeah she even has a little fang it's funny because I've actually since at least since May last year so for quite a while I've been seeing fan art of Miko wearing this outfit uh, really like several <laughs> pieces of fan art uh, since obviously I'm a fan of Miko, so I, I end up seeing ah. a bunch of fan art of her. So I've seen 
enough fan art of that throughout the time up, leading up to now that I had understood that this has got to be something that's actually from the manga since it was so reoccurring. Mm. So now I'm glad to have finally seen it. Even though it wasn't in actually in a chapter, it was still good to have seen, I guess, where that all came from now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, it was so sweet to see how, you know, she cares for you, wanting him to eat healthy and everything, like all of that. <laughs> uh, I mean, we know that she has been developing these feelings, but this book really started to show it. And she started to, even before Chica convinced her to, you know, become or, well, unknowingly kind of convinced her to be a little bit more pushy about it or, or go or to, to take more action about it. Even before that, Become a little more manipulative. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Even, yeah, even before that, Miko still had, well, yeah, she was still encouraging you to eat better, for example, and ma doing little things like that, which I, I thought was very sweet. Then obviously, after Chica accidentally talked. Unleashed the beast. It. Yes, she accidentally did that. And, and Miko did go harder. Oh, yeah. But she still has a hard time admitting that she, or yeah, to, to Chica in that scene that she likes you. I mean, it's super obvious that she does. Like, she, could, she might as well have said it. But based on everything, you know, their, their dialogue in that scene, she just can't bring herself to say it. Which is, I guess, a nice callback to how how Kaguya struggled with admitting that she liked Miyuki in front of uh, mm -hmm. I back in the back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She was seriously considering to wait at least two years to to like make any moves on you. Man, like, that's <laughs> that's a bit extreme. <laughs> yeah, like. I, I don't know. I mean, for some for some people, maybe two years would have been enough, and and maybe you would have been available two years later. But it's you know, that's just way being way too considerate. Maybe even being a chicken about it. Uh, right, precisely. Yeah, it's I think yeah, a combination of being a chicken and being way too considerate. I I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it, it, right. Like Miko is such a good person. Like she's so kind. Really, she is. And even after she, I guess, starts to go harder, starts to, you know, to get, to try to get you to like her and, or to get his attention or, you know, whatever. Even after that, like, sure, like, I guess the narration and Chica kind of accuse her of being, or like going too far and like doing, doing stuff that she, she shouldn't. But I honestly don't think she did anything, anything wrong. Um. Personally. Like, she's following her heart and doing what she can. Mm -hmm. I don't think she was manipulative or evil at all. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the whole evil thing that Chico was going on about. Yeah. It's definitely just comedic, you know. True, true. Um, <laughs> that being said, I do think she was going a bit far. And what I mean, what I mean by that is, to someone that you're, you're not in an open relationship with, to kind of have that physical touch like they were doing, and even like lying on someone's lap, that, that, that that's like borderline expressing your feelings to a person. A true, for sure. In, in a way, for, for sure. Uh-huh. And, and I think Miko saw it kind of that way as well, as was indicated by the end of the chapter when she kind of runs out, saying that would Ishigami actually notice or figure it out or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, so I think she was definitely trying to put down those hints instead of just being, like, I think what Chika was suggesting um, on his mind when he is ready for a relationship. You, you right. know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah. I, I think she was still doing that, like, you know, making sure that Ishigami was aware of her. Mm -hmm. But 
I, I think it was she was also taken to to an extreme ish where it's not just that I have feelings for you. <laughs> I'm I'm totally okay with that kind of thing without blatantly mm. expressing it. Fair, fair. I yeah. I mean, I don't think you has put put it together yet. No, I'm sure he probably will eventually. But... I mean, he I think he is like mm. he is in his mind right now, but he's un. Yeah, I, I have that. I have that discussion when we talk about Ishigami later. Right, right, for sure. Uh, but yeah, like I mean, I I can't I can understand thinking, like I can understand the manipulative accusation on her. Like I can understand it. I don't quite agree with it though, because especially because she was really, really being honest and like herself even though she 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 was i guess taking more drastic measures than she otherwise would have but it was she was still being herself she she wasn't being untruthful or deceitful or fake in any way unlike someone else that we're going to talk about later um but yeah so yeah i i would say yes the, the it, it was being true to herself um it, it was kind of like being having no restraint in, in a way I think yeah, the good yeah. girl Miko would have not pried into his thoughts and no. what he was going through at that time, but being let loose or allowing herself to be let loose like that, yeah, she was able to do what she did. Mm. I think the manipulation comes from basically putting Ishigami in a certain mindset yeah. to get him to uh you know let let her pat him on the head or get him to cry yeah yeah to make him vulnerable and so that she can comfort him yeah like yeah that like that part it, it, it's not like manipulative is a word that's been i think taken badly especially as of late and mm. it, it usually is kind of in a bad connotation but there's also a, a, a and um, i'm not saying this is good manipulation either i just think it, it mm. it's kind of middle of the road in a in a way it's just yeah. it's not necessarily a bad meaning is what i'm trying to get at and i and i think that what she's doing is not bad but it is manipulative right then i i think i can i can understand that i i can get behind that like yeah it's she isn't a bad person for doing what she's doing i wouldn't say but right. sure it is it is a bit manipulative i can i can agree right and, right and again like what chica was saying was a whole evil thing that just funny, you know. I mean, maybe maybe she does think that. I wouldn't be surprised, but uh, it, it is just you know, a, that was just a whole comedic. Yeah. Thing, especially compared to what we're used to with Miko, you know what I mean? Right, right. And also her apology after that, after having said that, seemed really genuine too. I thought. Which uh, which part was that? After you said that, you know, when you're emotional, you ex express yourself in, in like kind of poetic language and stuff. Oh. First she laughed and said, "Ha ha, I'm sorry." But then, then she she takes a little little break, and then she says, "I'm really sorry," with a more serious kind of face. And I thought that apology seemed really genuine. You know what? I'm gonna kind of disagree. Really? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I know. So maybe there is a bit of a genuine feeling behind her apology, but I also kind of took it as well in two ways. One. Ishigami mentions the poetic language thing, and that's totally what Miko does too. Like she, mm -hmm. when she is relaxing, she'll do poems and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So th there's some relatability there, and maybe maybe that touched a string. But I also think she had a, a spark where she's like, "I can use this." <laughs> I mean, true. Okay, yeah. And, yeah. and then she, she <laughs> automatically went with, 
a as an apology i'll comfort you like yeah like that just <laughs> seems like she she planned it at, at when she, after because that little pause like she like came up with it in her mind and that's mm. and that's where it went <laughs> it's what i'm thinking but i but again i'm not saying it's it's bad for anything <laughs> i do think she was generally sorry but also hmm. i'm going to use this for my advantage <laughs> like, right okay. right right exactly she can still be genuine while scheming a bit i think <laughs> I, I don't i don't think like they kind of cancel each other out here fair fair <laughs> but no but yeah that, that is a good point still <sighs> i i liked how the narration like it said how like it's not a tv drama fate and story arcs aren't on her side mm. and I, I thought that i mean I guess we'll see. We'll have to see if that actually ends up being true or not. Mm -hmm. uh, will she have a story arc kind of going, moving into the next volume? Like, and how, how is it all going to turn out? I guess we don't know. But it it was fun to to think about. I thought that if potentially this doesn't end up the way we all want, or at least that the two uh, that the, that the two of us want, like maybe they won't actually become a couple. Maybe Miko won't get what she wants here. There's no way. And if that's the case, then the narration here is, is accurate. But it, it was just, I don't know, well, it made me think a little bit. Speaking of the narration, though, and maybe help me understand if I misunderstood it. Mm -hmm. uh, in the beginning of chapter 226, the narration says Miko is romantic at heart. She longs for romance, but doesn't have a boyfriend. Mm. Now, however, and then, it, and then it goes to the story, but it doesn't ever like finish what it was saying. That now, however, means different than saying uh, she doesn't have a boyfriend yet. But still, the, the now, however, makes it sound like it's strongly hinting at she's going to have a boyfriend. Like she's mm. going to, Ishigami is, is, is going to be her boyfriend. Especially since Ishigami <laughs> is there on the panel that says now, however. I want to know what the Japanese says exactly. Because oh, yeah. sometimes the translation can not be great, as we've discovered. Um, right, right. Uh, in, in part, thanks to Sherlock, I think you know, for for pointing out some some of the inconsistencies. For sure. But I can't think of any other way to put it or to to translate the English. Like now, however, like. Right. Yeah. I mean, I th I think it's like it's leading up to something. It, it. Yeah, dude. I hadn't thought of that that way at all. But I love that. And like, I, 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 yeah, I think that's a really cool way to. To, to view that and now that that, that does give me hope again <laughs> thank you <laughs> you're welcome ah man yeah hmm. but it's definitely not gonna be easy <laughs> no oh no <laughs> definitely not oh yeah no the, oh it's so exciting um back in our volume nine discussion because I, I actually listened back to that one recently Oh. We were talking about how, or we were talking about to what extent Mika would have comforted you after he lost the race at the sports festival. Because there was that moment where it looked like she wanted to go up to comfort him, but Miyuki kind of stopped her before she could do that because the mm. the pep squad members were, like, it was kind of their time to shine there. Um, and I guess Miyuki uh -huh. kind of understood that, so he, he prevented Miko from going up to you there. And we back then we, we discussed, like, if Miko had gone up to him, like, to what extent would he have, have comforted him and whatnot? And mm -hmm. it's kind of funny, or I thought it was kind of funny that back then you said that you didn't think that she'd say there, there. <laughs> and obviously, I don't think she would have. I, like, I still don't think she would have done it back then. But she literally said that in this volume when she comforted him. So I thought that was kind of funny that I guess it means she's come a long way. And it also funny yeah. how, how it's, it's the, the exact wording that you said back then 
<laughs> actually came up here <laughs> in the manga. I'm sure she's going, yos, yos, or something like that. Oh, yeah. But uh, to my credit, there's been a lot of volume since then. The relationship has definitely changed, as you, as you mentioned. Mm. And I also think, again, we're going, we're talking about the bad girl emo here. Uh, emo. <laughs> the, bad, <laughs> the bad girl Miko here. Yeah, um, right. You right. know, the girl sure. who's going to do anything to get her way. And at, at, this, at that point, even if she was comforting him, I don't think she would, especially since she hadn't recognized her feelings at all. Mm. I, I don't think she would have done comforting like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. To that extent. Anything that's remotely romantic, probably not. Right, yeah. Not back then. But yeah, I guess on all of that, I liked to, to, like we got to see you actually finally resting his head on Miko's lap since he never did that, or they oh, never did yeah. that back in, you know, I think it was volume 11 when Miyuki and Ko Kobachi did that friendship plan for miko and you <laughs> yeah so though and, and i think that was even in like at the end of that chapter there was right like, the image of that friendship plan thing <laughs> you're right so, I, um... I, I i remember seeing the image I was like yeah friendship plan okay uh <laughs> i guess things are going swimmingly and but i forgot about the connection to the, like lying on the lap thing yeah you're totally right yeah, yeah back then it was specifically for like ear cleansing <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but uh but yeah they did do it now Mm-hmm. Actually, going back to when Chika was, well, an unknowingly convincing Miko to to be more direct, uh, mm -hmm. I'm currently actually finding myself myself in a pretty similar situation that Miko is in. Oh, um, and I felt it was funny to me that it kind of felt like Chika's advice kind of really spoke to me. <laughs> I think it's pretty good advice. It, it was. I, honestly, I thought she did give good advice. Uh, I guess this isn't on Chica, but she did give good <laughs> advice there. Um, and it, yeah, again, like it really spoke to me and it kind of reminded me of how my situation is really rather similar to Miko's in some ways. Although I guess a lot of crushes can be that. But anyway, yeah, mm -hmm. it, it, it was, it was some, some good advice for sure. It's me in real life. No, <laughs> I mean, I do like to relate to Miko. <laughs> Fair. I will admit that. <laughs> I like how she mentioned she plays RPG Maker games. And some of the ones that uh, Shiragane Dad mentions, I was like, hey, I've heard of those before. Yeah, yeah, like Ib, at least, is one I know of. One of them is actually an anime. <laughs> mm, mm. <laughs> but yeah, the whole... Like, she was already kind of okay with video games, although she never owned a console. But the whole kind of transition mm. to her becoming FPS... Addicted gamer kind of a thing. Uh, yeah. I, I hope that doesn't affect your grades. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's only been like one night or so. I think it was over several days they did this every night. Oh, several days. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Training montage. Forgot. So it was like an extensive training thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so several nights in a row, I think. I think they did that. Yeah. So actually, yeah, that's a good point. Is her or are her grades going to drop now? Hmm. I hope not. I mean, <laughs> let. I mean, yeah. if they do, if they if they drop a bit, they're still gonna be great. I think you know, even if she doesn't maintain the number one spot, she's still gonna have a good spot. Kind of like Miyuki dropped. Yeah, and still had a good, a pretty you know respectable score still. Yeah, some random NPC in their class. Finally, I'm number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My plan has been complete. <laughs> like he he actually, but he or she behind the scenes was trying to get. 
you know, Miko to get into Ishigami and the, use the video <laughs> games. Like they were the one that suggested to Chika to suggest to Ishigami that they join the group the Discord chat, and it's just this all elaborate plan in order to get number one. Wow, the true mastermind. Yeah, the true behind mastermind. everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, a true Miko U shipper. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. There's many of them. <sighs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, it was great to see her getting into the FPS genre, kind of, and, and, and again, like, it doesn't, it's not a big stretch. Like, she, yeah, she did it largely in order to, you know, have something that she can share with, with you, but mm-hmm. we did know that she had some kind of, which she had levels of interest for, for games, even before that, you know, when she, well, well there, there was the, the scene back in well in like 19 or something somewhere around there when she she was enjoying the ring fit adventure thing was it mm-hmm. when he was you was playing that in the in the chambers mm-hmm. so you know she she she's always had an interest for games so i i it's, it's it makes sense that she she would do this not just for well, obviously she she started doing it because she wants to get closer to you but she evidently had a lot of fun with it you know even without playing with you uh so regardless of what happens uh, even though it, obviously I hope that she will end up with him, but regardless if she doesn't or not, this is not wasted time. She she's having fun with it, so that's all good in and of itself. Yeah, maybe maybe a little too much fun, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> causing misunderstandings. But you know, yeah. uh, as long as you're enjoying yourself, I suppose. Right. A couple things they mentioned that this is Miko's first crush. Uh, that's interesting. Um, I guess that mm. makes sense. There's she's still yeah. pretty young, but she's like fifteen or sixteen. Someone as much of a romantic as she is, I, I would think that she would have had a, a crush before, but I guess her standards were so high and she never really bothered to look at anybody else and, <laughs> until Ishigami showed her some kindness that I guess that led to a crush, but I don't know. Any, anyway, I, I, not to say like, oh, I, don't, I doubt that's what it is. I was just like, oh, that's inter- an interesting little detail. Right. I mean... I think she could have had like some kind of crush or whatever you want to call it on the person who gave her the flower, you know, which obviously uh, it was you or, right. or actually has that been 100% confirmed? I think. Uh, oh, I, I, don't, mm, I think it, I, maybe well, not next volume, probably. <laughs> but it's, it's like it's super heavily implied at the very least. Like, yeah, um, yeah. So I, I think like the from her perspective, whoever gave her that, I think she may have kind of sort of crushed on without knowing who it is. Uh-huh. So I guess if she, whenever she finds out that it's the same person, then she's gonna crush super hard, like, like du- double, double crush. Yeah, double. So I, I guess that means it truly was her first crush, like all the way back then. Right. Exactly. Yeah, Ishigami has been the first crush. Right. Yeah, it would mean that. Yeah. Mm. And then the last thing I'll say is just kind of clarification. So she says she can't cook. Was that? Did we know that before that she could, couldn't cook? Uh. Well. No, I don't think we ever knew anything explicitly about that. So, no, I don't think so. Huh. We've known that she loves to eat, but that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I figure that someone who liked to eat as much as Miko does would have known how to cook, but I guess she's just so busy, or maybe she's inept at it, I don't know. But Right. I mean, when Chika arranged the cooking contest back mm-hmm. whenever that was, volume 10 or whatever, mm-hmm. obviously Chika, since she arranged it, she wouldn't be competing in it. But out of all of the other student council members, Miko was the only one who didn't compete. She she was, you know, with Chika kind of being a referee. So mm-hmm. I guess maybe that's an indication that, or an early maybe slight slight indication that she didn't cook or couldn't cook. I don't know. 
But yeah, yeah, we know that for sure now. I have a couple more things on Miko. Um, I'll try to get uh, get through it as quickly as I can. <laughs> no, she had um, she had a big role in this volume. She really did. Yeah, the last six chapters, like it was basically all her, or well, for the most part. Um, well, I was really happy to see that Miko and Daddy met up outside of the Radio Kaikan building in Akihabara, since I have spent a lot of time there during both <laughs> of my Tokyo trips. So it was fun to see a place where I've spent a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was neat. And we got to see the first time when Miko caught you playing video games at school. Mm. And like a little flashback to that. And I thought Miko was very, very reasonable and understanding. Like, you know, it yeah. was the first time she was like, yeah, this is since this is your first offense, I guess I'm not going to confiscate your gaming device. Um, like she was very reasonable, but Kobachi referred to it as a fight in her description of that moment oh which to me seems just really over dramatic and ridiculous and like and 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 she she said that that fight was the reason why or that that was when her friendship with miko started to crumble or whatever it's it just seems so unreasonable to me and just ridiculous yeah that that obviously we'll talk more about kobachi later but specifically Uh but i'm just at, at a loss with her right now and yeah. Um, so I kind of interpreted that a little differently, but maybe maybe I'm wrong here. Oh. So I didn't see this as a fight like you. I just saw it as a, a pr- perfect reason- reasonable interaction. Yeah. And so when she says our friendship started to fall apart the moment they had their first fight, I figured we haven't seen that yet. And that oh the next chapter maybe will 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 give or, or the next volume will give hmm. that to us. Gotcha. But Knowing their kind of frayed friendship right now, uh huh. Maybe yeah, maybe maybe she did kind of see that, or maybe she does consider that their first fight. Mm. But I don't know. I I can see it either way. Uh, one way makes a little more sense than the other. In ter- I mean, in terms of like a you know a rational human being. <laughs> um, yeah, she is not yeah. rational right now. Yeah. But yeah, like, that is still a good point though. It's maybe she isn't referring to that instance specifically. Um, I hadn't considered that, but mm, mm. yeah. Although I, I'm probably still mo- mostly choosing to think that this is the instance that she talks about, even though it doesn't make sense or it doesn't make much sense. Mm-hmm. I think she might be referring to this. Gotcha. Uh, Chica didn't like seeing like how Miko and you like they, they were getting along out of the blue. I think she said, <laughs> and she 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 was kind of freaked out by that for some reason. Or well, I mean. I, yeah, I mean Chica's Chica, um, but but um, they have technically been getting along for a while. Like I, I wouldn't say this was out of the blue. This wasn't the first time. Like this wasn't the first nice moment or kind of sweet moment between Miko and you. I thought they had good moments before, like the Ring Fit Adventure scene that I mentioned earlier. Like that yeah. that was a really sweet moment that they've already had before. So I I didn't think that they're well the the scene that she thought was out of the blue was out of the blue or wait actually to her oh wait wait maybe that was when she was in kyoto so to her it might have been the first time she saw that exactly so i guess that i guess that makes sense (laughs) okay i'm just debunking my own uh statements here (laughs) (laughs) i didn't need to speak i was (laughs) you did it for me it's like okay (laughs) good well okay okay makes sense makes sense but yeah 
it's it, it's still nice to have seen, or for us readers at least, to have seen this kind of grow into something over time. And it makes sense. Yeah. It, it hasn't felt out of the blue, actually. Right. But I, I can understand that she, what Chika would feel that way. Mm-hmm. But anyway, like overall, like I don't think Miko deserves all the flack that she's gotten in this volume from Chika, and especially from Kobachi, as we see at the end. Like, I don't think she's doing anything wrong. We talked about it earlier about the kind of manipulation thing. Like, sure, it's not great what she has done, some of it, but still, it's nothing terrible, I don't think, at all. Uh, plus, a bunch of the characters throughout the story have pulled dirty moves in hopes to get, like, <laughs> romantic and, like, sensual advantages. Like, mm-hmm. Miko is far from the first one and far from the worst one, in my opinion. And, yeah, she does not deserve this at all. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel the volume was very antagonistic towards Miko at all, really. I don't, maybe it's I don't just, it's just, like, I guess some comments from Chika, which... I, I can I can understand a lot a lot of them were kind of played as as jokes for us so I guess I can mm-hmm. I can have oversight with Chica's I guess criticisms but I'm just really upset at Kobachi yeah uh, I I I really didn't take that well at all like I'm super <laughs> upset um and how just every uh, I'm, well we'll talk about her later but yeah well for for Miko to to learn how Kobachi really feels about her. Mm-hmm. That must have really hurt Miku, I think. Even though she didn't really show it at the, at the time, I think I think it really hurt, hurt her. So I feel really sorry for her about that. Yeah, that was that was rough. That's a rough way to learn about you know someone's true feelings for you, you know. Yeah. Right. And they they were really real feelings too. That that's what made it sting so much more. Like among all the shit that she's been going through for volumes on end, now there's this too, like she's getting betrayed by her oldest friend or oldest supposed friend. Right. On top of all that. Like, ugh, terrible. Oh, Miko. Oh, Miko. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, that's all I had on her. Uh, one thing that is about her and, and Chica, actually, huh? I wonder what Chica thinks about Miko becoming, you know, e-gamer FPS girl. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, we didn't really get her... Uh, she oh, doesn't know so far, as far as we know. I wonder yeah. what she thinks about that, and does she think it's a good idea that that's what she's doing in order to get closer to Ishigami? Um, mm, yeah. I don't know. Like maybe she'll have an over exaggeration, like she <laughs> tends to do, or maybe she'll be like, "There, good job. See, that's that's a little more. That's a little, little better, I suppose." Right. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How would she? She's so hard to predict. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I love that about her. <laughs> but I guess let's move on to Chika Fujiwara then. Nice. As you probably figured, I have a lot to say. I, I don't blame you. Actually, do you mind if we kick off by talking about her in relation to the title of the first chapter of this book? Sure. So the chapter refers to the jeweled branch from Horai, which is the last out of the five impossible demands that Princess Kaguya in the folktale demanded from her five suitors. Well, the last Mm. in terms of, like, the one that we haven't actually heard or seen anything of so far in the story. And now Mm -hmm. it's mentioned here in the chapter title, but it's still kind of cryptic, in my opinion. Like, only Kaguya and Chika appeared throughout that whole chapter, so it makes like it makes part of me wonder if Chica, if it's Chica who is supposed to represent that jeweled branch, even though her name doesn't really have anything to do with that, as far as I'm aware, at least, since the other four all have names that 
definitely make it pretty clear which of those uh, impossible demands that they're tied to. However, I did I did go through a lot of the characters earlier today and mm-hmm. you know put them through Google Translate. I I think I did this a couple volumes back, but now I did it again and I did it to I guess more of the characters as well in hopes of finding someone that might fit with this jeweled branch since that's we know that that's the one that that's missing that we don't know the person for. And interestingly, I I I got two ones that might sort of match with it. Hmm. Uh, the first one is Kashiwagi, which means oak tree, according to Google Translate anyway. Hmm. Did I know that? And uh, obviously, like, oak tree and a special jeweled branch, there isn't necessarily a correlation there, but at least, you know, branches come from trees. So there, there could be. It could be, I guess, the intention, maybe. But then again, she wasn't at all part of that chapter or relevant to it at all, so... It also feels like a bit of a stretch, I suppose. The other character that I found, which might also be, I guess, potentially a candidate here, was Kozue Makihara, where Kozue means treetop. Kozue Makihara is the tabletop gaming club president, Mm -hmm. like the girl with the black hair and bangs. She looks a lot like uh, Erika Koze Mm. uh, of the media club. In, in my opinion, I, I, I always thought they looked kind of similar. I think it's the hair. But anyway, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Kozue Makihara, her name Kozue means treetop, which also made me think that maybe that's the intention. But, you know, her role has been kind of minor. I think her biggest chapter was the one where she teased Miko, you know, did the whole, like, ear-clipping thing uh, ah. to Miko. I think, I, I'm pretty sure that was her anyway. Um, but she hasn't had a whole lot else. Um, I mean, she's ha- been hanging out with Chika and stuff like that, too, but... But anyway, I guess that's that's my research on that. Do you have any comments on that in regards <laughs> to the jeweled branch? Um, I I kind of feel like while the name is not confirmed to fit, I I think Chica's supposed to be the the jewel branch. I think that's just mm. I think this is confirmation of that. Yeah, right. It does make sense since she. It, yeah, again, it's just her and Kaguya in that chapter. Mm-hmm. And mm. I mean, Chica being an impossible girl. <laughs> kind of makes sense yeah you're right (laughs) you know you're absolutely right anyway so i i i I don't know i i think this kind of confirms it but i i could be wrong Mm. right i mean of course yeah yeah i'm i i'm still waiting eagerly for i guess harder confirmation on this (laughs) so what Uh, would what would be harder confirmation it's like wow wow chica you really are a jewel branch you know well either another chapter with a title like this, which has Chica focus, either uh-huh. something like that, or some kind of understanding toward her name having a meaning that would, I guess, connect her to that jeweled branch. Because it's really been so consistent with the other characters, and I feel like it, it feels strange, I guess, to break the trend. If, if her kanji is the same of Fujiwara, Fuji is a wisteria plant, and I mean, it's kind of like oh. jewels on a, on, a, on a branch in a way. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Ah, sure. Well, in that case, I guess... Maybe that's something, but... I mean, hey, I mean, it's... Uh, it's it's Yeah, it looks like a tree. Like, with branches. Yeah, I mean, dude, I can get behind this. And the other thing is that it doesn't say, like, part one or part two. And usually true. they have said, like, a part, you know? So this that's almost true. feels like this is the, the, only, <laughs> the only focus that you get. Uh, no, the only... <laughs> The only time that we'll get a branch of pearls type of rep or, or Mount Horai's jewel branch kind of reference. Mm. Right. Yeah, you're right. That might be true. 
Yeah, I mean, at the very least, it was it was good to see how to see that that fifth impossible demand hadn't been forgotten or kind of overlooked. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's good to know that for sure. But anyway, let's get into the Chica content. Uh, go with whatever whatever you got. As someone who has kind of was was trying to tell himself that there just won't be any kind of character development for her. <laughs> you know, she's perfect the way she is. Like, what she does, you know, she doesn't need any sort of redemption arc or anything like that <laughs> it is really great to get a couple chapters where she not just one but two uh or actually three yeah the first three chapters mm. yeah where she has some actual growth or acknowledgement of how she changed some of this mm-hmm. stuff in the, is in the past and more of her kind of just thinking about the events of the entire story but in that context you kind of see yeah she's she's kind of been changing in a way throughout the story yeah. um and whether that be her character herself or just her relationship with people that's a, it's a little different um but it's it was still there and i and i really appreciate that um and it was definitely something that i was looking for it's not the tear-jerking uh you know melodramatic gotta save hayasaka type of <laughs> moment um yeah. it's, it's, that's just not her character and i'm okay with that I think what we got is really fitting and explains a lot about why she is about having fun and, and just yeah. enjoying every minute of every, of every day. Right. Because as we learned in the first chapter, that was not part of her life. Her life was devoted to one thing and one thing only, the piano. Uh, mm-hmm. And that took away any sort of enjoyment she had from it, really. And it took the probably intentionally rude words from from kaguya to snap her out of it and 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 quit and that's kind of what at least for chica sparked her interest in kaguya and then what led to their eventual uh friendship so um it was it was really beautiful to see all that and i love the i mean it was it was it was kind of hard to see but also i just love her face when she hears how you say that you know in the flashback just like the bags and just how how tired she looks just exhausted she's <gasps> yeah you know, right uh, that face <laughs> it it hurts but also i i just i, I love the the drama or not the drama but the the emotion mm. behind it in a way yeah so, that's great yeah i love how that how that starts their friendship yeah right yeah exactly since the, it was really great to see from both ends really for both chica and kaguya since we know that, mm-hmm. you know, Chica was Kaguya's first friend. And, you know, we've known that for a long time now. But to actually not now know how it started, it's great. Yeah. And, and I, I also loved, as you said, like, understanding you know, why Chica is Chica. <laughs> you yeah. know, why she is the Chica that we know. And it's all <laughs> because she just wants to be free and have fun every day and, and live life to the fullest. Because she couldn't before. Yeah. And it makes sense. It's amazing. I love that. <laughs> I do too. Hmm. And you know, sometimes you have like these really overbearing parents who would probably just nag you to infinity. And maybe her parents were like that at first, but they just kind of gave up. But I, I like how now it seems like her parents are just super supportive of and, and her siblings and everything are totally hmm. okay with her not being this prodigy of piano anymore, you know? Right. It, yeah. Yeah. It, it, that's such a minor thing, but I, I like I like that for her character. Exactly, and I mean it's possible that her family wasn't necessarily necessarily really pushy, but rather that maybe Chica just 
just couldn't say no or like she she, she struggled with like yeah good point saying or like change making any changes or anything like that she just like she, yeah they supported her because like like anyone who cares for you would kind of and uh, but maybe they didn't realize that she was kind of pushing herself too hard because of all of the encouragements kind of potentially right yeah so it makes me wonder what she wants to do for a living because i'd always like thought oh, yeah. well, why, why did she become a piano teacher um or i mean i there's the whole like joke where she says i'll become prime minister but i guess <laughs> i guess politics technically aren't out the window for her so uh yeah. there's that but i don't know i think she would really really excel as a teacher and okay sure maybe not piano because really bad experience with that maybe but like as we've seen with miyuki she just is can be a very patient teacher in a way yeah um and i think she can understand how to teach i mean yes there's different diff different types of teaching as we've experienced with her and, and kage going back and forth on the whole sword on <laughs> dancing but right um, it, yeah i i think she has a really apt a great aptitude for it but i guess she it doesn't does. mean necessarily you have to become a teacher you can still have those teaching skills and not uh be a teacher per se so right anyway right. that's just my my thinking about that mm, mm. yeah i like that and i love how this volume almost ends the miyuki training arc oh uh, yeah almost <laughs> almost being the keyword there like it felt it felt so finalized it's like oh yeah as we we've already got confirmation uh previously <laughs> that the the story is ending um right. it's coming mm. to close at least in in, in japan yeah volume 28 will probably be the last volume most likely i think and so knowing that and going into this chapter where you know she just felt like she was putting a bow on everything uh no pun intended <laughs> it felt like wow this is going to be the end like we're not going to see any more and then and then the narrator is like but she <laughs> thinks at the end but little does she know <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh uh, yeah that was so great because i agree that chapter really felt so perfect like uh-huh like it, it really felt like a perfect ending and i really appreciated it for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but but then yeah it was really funny how the, the narration came in with that and she also said something really nice uh one of her favorite sayings yes is, effort doesn't always yield results mm -hmm. but there's no such thing as wasted effort and i agree yeah. with her that is a yeah an amazing saying i don't know who said it first but yeah, I really I like know, it. <laughs> I'll quote Chica, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> whenever, I, whenever I use that phrase. Yeah, like secondhand quoting. As my favorite anime wife who says... Uh, no, <laughs> um, yeah. no, uh, yeah, no, it's a great phrase. And I, again, these, these few chapters, while she is ridiculous uh, at times and just kind of an unex, unexplained... Well, not unexplained, but unex, unexpected time bomb uh she does have mo moments where she generally is a good girl like she a good person and a great vice and it actually uses her brain and yeah like absolutely stuff like that so right i mean she isn't a dumb person no, like we talked not. about that we, we've established yeah. this for yeah. before <laughs> just bears uh, repeating. It's just, yeah right yeah it does <laughs> Um, but I, I, I will admit, I, I did feel a bit sorry for her when, you know, when Miko and Yu went on about how obvious it had been that Miyuki and Kaguya were yeah. dating and all that stuff. And she was just so, like, oh, quiet God. for such a long time and just, like, mm -hmm. all insecure and, like, 
just confused as yeah. to why she was the only one who hadn't understood it. <laughs> uh. So, when Kage told her that they that she and Miyuki were dating, um, mm. I was actually kind of shocked the way she took it. She took it pretty well and congratulated yeah. them. And that was like the wholesomeness that, oh, <laughs> it was so nice to get. Uh, and then after <sighs> the you know the blank stares and realizing that she was the only one who didn't know. Yeah. Uh, then you know the pouty real chica kind of came out, <laughs> and, and, and I'll admit that was like okay, <laughs> this is the chica. I know. <laughs> no, I mean she did took it too far, but again, comedy hilarious. Uh, mm. And I just love how she was kind of this overbearing or overprotective parent for both of them, really. Right. Uh, in that instant. definitely. Yeah, yeah, it was funny when she even herself kind of realized that, like, is this how a parent feels when, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when their kids grow up? <laughs> uh-huh. um, but yeah, yeah, like for a while she was definitely acting immature, but but yeah, it was fun and it was it was it was kind of worth it, I guess, for the payoff by the end of that chapter. Agreed. Mm. <laughs> a- absolutely agreed. And I- as we were saying earlier, it, it kind of put a perfect culmination to the whole training arc and giving yeah. away Miyuki to to her best friend Kaguya <laughs> and yeah just it it was a really beautiful scene yeah uh, i love it i also really liked how chika came to appreciate the time that she spent training miyuki right it's also a really nice little little detail there i agree uh and actually at the end of that chapter as well the, her sending off the oni band remind me of the <laughs> of the cockroach that she sends off in the opening or the ending song right i guess she does that in the in the in the manga too but precisely there's in the yeah. chapter in volume two i think it is um where she does that yeah which actually i i'm thinking that's going to become relevant soon because miyuki well we were reminded about miyuki's phobia of bugs and that that's something oh. that she's going to help him out with and mm. by the end of the chapter, at the end, like the final page of that chapter, after Chika like sent the cockroach away to the forest, uh-huh. the cockroach, like we got to see like some lines from the cockroach, but that probably nobody else heard, you know, but uh-huh. like some, somehow the cockroach was like thinking or speaking. And it said that I will return to you, a girl with a ribbon and like <laughs> to, to, to thank you. I, I will come back with all my friends or something like that. It said back then and oh, i'm thinking no. like i've been thinking ever since ever since that chapter i've been thinking that's gonna happen at some point like <laughs> it's gonna be like an infestation of cockroaches or something at, at shuchin <laughs> academy um because they're gonna come back to i guess yeah they're, they're gonna come back to thank chica or something chica the cockroach queen okay yeah <laughs> and i i could see that being tied into the chapter whenever she helps miyuki uh, i guess get over his phobia of bugs if, if that's gonna be what it's yeah, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I'm happy about that, and it seems like Akasaka hasn't forgotten about all these little things that I've been <laughs> waiting for <laughs> for a long time. Uh-huh. Volume two, I'm pretty sure it was back in volume two. Great stuff, and yeah, mm. uh, yeah, we and we we mentioned like all the stuff with Chica and Miko. I I thought a lot of that was really good or really funny, and mm. yeah, it's just great great stuff for Chica. This this volume, I I am very pleased as a Chica fan. I. I don't want it to stop, you know, like, get, <laughs> of course. feel free to give me more, Akasaka, but I understand that there's a lot of other juicy plot points that are uh, there to be explored, so. There are, there are. But I, I understand you totally. But was, was that all on her? E- yes. 
Cool, then let's move on to Yu Ishigami next. We got it confirmed here, finally, that you did indeed know that Kaguya and Miyuki were dating. We talked about that before, like, we speculated, did he know and didn't he? We were pretty sure that he did know, mm -hmm. um, but there hadn't been, I guess, a hard confirmation that he definitely did. But yeah, it's right. good to know that he, that he definitely had it all figured out. And, and it was the Christmas time. Like, that was right. the, the <laughs> moment for him. So, yeah. So, okay, at least, like, I was picking up on his feelings potentially like or what he was picking right. up on you know yeah <laughs> precisely and there was a sequence of panels in this volume where we got we got to follow along with you's kind of narration as he explained how miserable he was and on the panels where we saw this narration it was all panels of him kind of smiling when he's when he was around his friends i thought that was a pretty pretty powerful sequence of panels because mm. it really shows how how burdened he is while still putting up a i guess a, right, a positive a facade, or happy right. facade or front yeah yeah stuff yeah, like no, that kind of sad i mean i think you could still kind of have like some of the happy even even those feelings or at least kind of put that out there um yeah. when you're among your friends but there could be some things that are making you really really sad or miserable whether they be you know depression or rejection in this case, and there's other mm. things as well, but um, yeah, so I I think it's again makes Ishikami relatable <laughs> to a lot of people. Right, no, absolutely, yeah, he, he's our boy. <laughs> At least he hung out with Subame. I thought was a nice thing, mm. but I, maybe it just made it worse. Um, yeah, it just, it seems to be difficult for him. I want them to still be friends, but at the yeah. same time, it. It's hard, you know, as as the, as the previous volumes have stated, it's hard to keep up a relationship with someone who rejected you, you know? Yeah, right, precisely. So, yeah, like, I, I can, I, I would totally understand if, if they would just kind of drift apart, even, like, with time, kind of. I would, I could understand that. It would make sense, kind of. It would, mm -hmm. it would, it would be realistic, as, as sad as it is. I think it would, yeah. Hmm. Um. And, you know, in the end, maybe that would be the best for, for you in the long run. But it is still sad, I think, because they are yeah. both amazing people. And we know that they enjoy each other's company. Just life is like that sometimes, especially right. after you graduate mm. from high school and you go separate ways. Like, mm. It's hard to keep, keep track of everybody. Definitely. But uh, you did tell Miko that, um, you know, when, when she was comforting him, you told her that she was treating him like a little kid. <laughs> and, um, you know, he, he said that as if it was a bad thing, but he didn't really seem to mind being comforted that way. And that got me thinking about last volume when you, when, when you said that a big bosom symbolizes motherhood and comfort. And <laughs> so we know that in his mind, motherhood and comfort are, are like, a, like a, probably a strong thing, kind of. And I guess for him to be comforted by someone in that kind of a manner i guess he kind of liked it um which obviously would have worked to to miko's uh benefit there but yeah because he said that uh, last volume when they were talking about boobs he said that you just had to bring up the boobs again i of course of course <laughs> he said that uh if a woman cradled his head against her chest all his worries would float away and I think Miko's lap kind of served the same purpose here for him. <laughs> so, you know, it all makes sense. Soon his, uh, his taste or what he likes will change just 
you know, just like Miyuki, probably if you asked him before, yeah. he had a crush on <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> yeah, no, no for, I, I think that's true in a lot of cases. I like how in turn Ishigami comforts Miko uh, yeah. in a way. Mm, but instead yeah. of, not to say that Miko is doing it for the wrong reasons. I mean, I again, I, I've already stated my whole thing about the manipulation and, and taking advantage. Okay, so I guess it was taking advantage of the situation. <laughs> it was that okay. It was definitely taking advantage of the situation, um, and she had ulterior motives behind it. Um, well, while also actually kind of being there for him. Um, right. However, I I think in Ishigami's case, there are really no ulterior motives whatsoever. He was just being a good friend and really just mm. taking a good deed and giving it back in a way. Right. Um, now I think that and what what Miko says after that as she runs away did mm. give him pause and I think he's really trying to understand things between them but in that moment it, it was definitely genuine here let me comfort you kind of a thing definitely uh but but about about that that part uh I I think it shows that Ishigami may be a little apprehensive to fall in love again and and not just that but i think he may be worried about rejection or, or getting it wrong because i think he even mentions something about right. what if i get it wrong precisely he did you're right so I, I think maybe he's he he senses some of these hints that she's putting down i mean as we know ishigami is a pretty intuitive and perceptive person yeah so you know he's he definitely has to be seeing these suggestive hints <laughs> right you, you're right he's gotta right especially after that scene that just happened right so right yeah so when when he says that mm -hmm. what if i don't get it right at the end mm -hmm. of that chapter then maybe he is suspecting things but he doesn't he's I, he's afraid of i guess going like drawing conclusions or exactly or like assu assuming anything mm -hmm. right and had the whole subami thing not happened i mean i think it was good for him to get confidence anyway but if the whole Tsubami thing had not happened then maybe he would have been a little more willing to uh or, or quicker to pick up on that or and, and not mm. maybe falter but then again their relationship has kind of been in you know love hate maybe i mean the right word it does seem to be kind of antagonistic i don't, I don't know like they're, i mean they're to a degree to a degree yeah. uh so i don't i guess I, even then i wouldn't blame him for being like what what am I what am I seeing right here? Like what am I feeling? <laughs> what is going mm. on? <laughs> right, right, yeah. So yeah, that that is a good, a good I guess moment for you to kind of well for us. It's interesting to see right. kind of where, what's he thinking and stuff like that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Would that be considered the first time where he's starting to think about his feelings for well, her? The question is if those if if he is having feelings there or if he's just suspecting that she might have feelings ah uh, yeah the good point like it's possible that he hasn't necessarily started thinking in those lines yet mm -hmm. by that chapter true true um at least that's how i see it but definitely by the second to last chapter if it if i think it is when he and ray are are spying on miko <laughs> in that chapter 
because Ray asks you if Miko is just some just a mm. random stranger to him. Like girl, girl knew what she was doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she did. She did. She was definitely asking the right questions. Then she asked him if, if Kyoko Otomo and Miko were the same to him, and like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And his reaction there, followed by him actually confronting that middle-aged dude. <laughs> Scumbag. Um, I think <laughs> I think gives us hope, you know. Yeah, not just that. Like he literally asked himself, "What is, you know, to me?" You know. Exactly. He did that later after that. Yeah. Mm. That is a strong question to ask yourself about someone that you know might be attracted to you. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So, yeah. So the fact that he he may be suspecting that she likes him, even though he's he's hesitant to, I guess, assume anything. Uh huh. But but still, the fact that he has some kind of suspicion, supposedly, that she likes him is a good thing. Plus the fact that he's ask, asking these questions now, that what is Miko to, to me? Yeah. That's very exciting. And also, from that chapter, we saw how, well, it seemed like it was pretty strongly indicated that you felt some amount of jealousy when, when you saw Miko having fun with, with, with Daddy Shirogane. Yes! <laughs> so there's that too. <laughs> so we, we have a lot to, I guess, live on now until December, I think. It's, we get it's getting some juicy stuff. I know, December. Ah, <laughs> uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I hope it is a Merry Christmas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, w- I wonder how many volumes it's going to take. It's going to happen. I've said this a million times. I'm gonna say, I'll say it a million times more. It's going to happen. <laughs> It's gotta. I, I just, I wonder how many volumes it's going to take to get to that point. Mm. You know, how long are we going to have this mini game of Love is War go on? Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, oh, it's so exciting. I, I feel like it, I mean, it's going to be faster paced than Miyuki's and Kaguya's for sure. But mm. I, I have a feeling that volume is going to be a big one, at least for Miko. But yeah. Okay. Anyway, anything else on you? Yeah, uh, I like how we got more information about his Discord life. Uh, yeah, that's and just, right. And just how many, you know, friends he has over that. And how it, I mean, in this day and age, there's so many ways to have friends and healthy mm. relationships too. That I'm just so glad that he has that uh, sort of way to connect to people and that Miko. Mm is well at first he was very much <laughs> just like against all that um, <laughs> but after seeing that maybe she's <laughs> getting behind on on uh or falling behind in ishigami's mind at, at the time then she also opens up into discord and uh yeah it just shows that discord communities can be great and a, a great place to really expand your friendship from people all over the world or close to you and just it uh, can be a great time. Can be toxic, of course. Like not everyone has great experiences. It can be here. Yeah. But but I think it's a just another another place to meet people and and find other people to support yourselves. And I think the best place to do that is on the Mombi Manga server, our Discord server. Like you should totally join, you know. Yeah. We, you know, <laughs> we we don't really play video games together. I I, maybe we should start doing that. We should. Sure. We should arrange something like that sometime. Maybe like Mario Kart or something fun like that. That I could know. be fun. That could be fun. But yeah, totally. Um, yeah, link in the description wherever you're listening. We love talking about manga and anime. That's for dang sure. <laughs> we do, and it's a really nice community. Like yeah, a bunch of nice, nice people there. Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, you seeing you and not you, James, but you, Ishigami, um, <laughs> like, like how his experience was when he was new to that Discord server. And like, it, it was so sweet and wholesome, I thought. And I love that. It was really, really nice. So, so yeah, to our listeners, hey, maybe you'll have a similar experience when you join our Discord server. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I do hope so. Yeah, I don't ex- don't expect to find uh, your your waifu or anything like that. Like, <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe you will. I don't know, or your husband. Hey, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. Matchmaker James and Petter. I mean, uh, we can hook you up. Maybe. I guess taking this out, say, right? Never say never. <laughs> we are not taking this out. What? <laughs> no, we're keeping all of this. Uh... <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, was that all on you? I think so. Great. <sighs> then let's move on to Kobachi Osaragi. <laughs> and pardon my language in advance, but oh my gosh, this fucker. <laughs> She's putting her nose where she has no business to be. What gives her the right to expect you to stay heartbroken over Tsubame? What gives her the right mm. to badmouth Miko right in front of Kaguya? Mm. What an utter douchebag she is for, well, for having led Miko on to believe that they were friends for a long time, supposedly. Mm-hmm. It's a heartbreaking revelation. Like, something, because it, it always felt... You look back to the, the, was it volume six or seven? Where Seven when they were introduced. When they had, that was when she had her speech, right? Yeah. And they had such a touching moment. And she talked yeah. about how well she knew Miko. And you, you felt like she was very much caring for her. Right. Fast yeah. forward to this volume and it seems like a wholly, totally different person. It almost makes me feel like, we don't understand all of her thoughts fully or like there's something we we're missing. Um, yeah. You know? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, if there is something like that, I guess that would help, but it is still true though, that over the course of the volumes, since Miko and Kobachi were introduced in volume seven, we have gotten hints toward her, I guess, well, toward this, uh, since we know, we knew, Quite quite a while back, that she didn't support that ship, that that's some something, and right. we also we also saw a couple times where Miku was in need of counsel, but Kobachi wouldn't give that, hmm. and it just, it I guess I'm not surprised entirely, really, but I am surprised that I well I, I'm not surprised by I guess the the basics of it, but I am mm-hmm. surprised at the extreme yeah nature of it all how pretty nasty things to say really like not only does she consider them not to be friends she even like holds some pretty dreadful feelings toward miko in secret and has been for a long time suppose like like since they were in junior high it's been i guess getting worse and worse and so ever since they were introduced it's been bad but we just haven't really fully understood until now yeah. Uh, but, you know, Miko has new friends now. She doesn't need Kobachi anymore. Kobachi is the pathetic and sad one for not having any friends. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> going hard on Kobachi right now, but she really upset me. Like really. Yeah. She she just ruined the only friendship she may have ever had, because she has these ugly thoughts about this really sweet girl, and I just don't. I can't comprehend her at all. So here's me trying to comprehend her. <laughs> um, I I wonder if this drama really comes down to her feelings for Ishigami and just jealousy. And it, it, it's really just two people liking the same person and one person, I guess, feeling like they're losing. And for whatever reason, Kobachi is going a very roundabout way of expressing their, their feelings for a person or not even expressing, just having feelings for a person. It's a very strange way. Yeah, it. she makes it very clear to Kaguya that there is no romantic affection I, from her to I, me to, I, to you. I disagree. I because she doesn't say romantic. She says she says love, and I, I think that may be different. And she kind of has a a strong uh, negative outlook on love in general. And I think so. I think she's just kind of lying to herself in a way. Okay, that's fair. She may yeah, she may be kind of in denial about it right? or something. In denial. But but just saying, oh, it's just it's just platonic. It's just I just admire him, that kind of a thing. Because for, for some reason, she doesn't feel like she deserves to fall in love with people or ha- or have a crush. Yes, she's like dated other guys, but she's they never. It's never been consistent. It's never been long. And I don't know if that's yeah. because she's always had feelings for Ishigami. I I don't want to think that's the reason. Um, I just yeah. think that maybe she just kind of struggles in that in that sense but I, I again i could be totally off base with this it just sounds like someone who is jealous of another person it um, does you're right yeah for various reasons but if she's not gonna make any moves herself like right to, it's totally to toxic bad mouth miko this way i mean yeah and be this toxic as you say it is dreadful like seriously no wonder she doesn't have any friends like that de- <laughs> de- deceitful backstabbing liar yeah. Ugh. <laughs> like yeah. I don't I don't I don't get it. Like regardless of whether she has like romantic slash love like feelings for you or not, mm-hmm. I don't get her. Definitely, she's she's one of the hardest nuts to crack. Yeah, like why would Miko rub her the wrong way that much? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Tsubame was difficult. You know, being one of the impossible girls compared to Tsubame, it's a different kind of complicated. It's like really deep and. And look, maybe I'm maybe I'm reading it wrong, but I, I feel like we're gonna in this next volume get some really deep look into her character and exactly the feelings that she's going through. Maybe there's some self hate there and, and maybe she doesn't like the fact that well, I mean, you know, that people hate her as she says. And maybe that's what spawns the her negative uh outlook on 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 people in general but she only has herself to blame if that's the case based on the way she treats others if this is how she treats people who think of her as a friend then no wonder people hate her i mean yeah (sighs) if you know it's hard to say which started it was was people just hating on her because of her parents fame um and her her looks and then that just made her more pessimistic and that just led, led people to hate her more and it just came a down spiral. Or has she just always had a terrible uh, outlook, attitude on life? I'm not sure. I, I, 
I find it hard to believe that she's always been a terrible person. Um, and, and just, and say that that's what she is right now. But how, however, I totally agree that what she's saying is, is, is terrible and uncalled for. Yeah. Totally not something you would do to a friend. And, and obviously she doesn't see her as a friend, but there's something wrong with her, uh, not mentally as in she has a disability, but men- mentally, like her head's not in a, in a great place right now. And I don't know why mm. that is. Right. Because <sighs> I feel like she hasn't always been like this. As, as, we, said, as we said before, I, I don't want to believe that. Especially since she's visited Miko's home, like with Onodeto was there too. And, and she's done it probably multiple times. And she cares about, she's mentioned how she's cared or how people don't really understand what Miko is like and, and how she, it sounded like she was the only one who really understood in a way. Yeah. Let me, let me speak one more, one more thing. Mm-hmm. So, may, so maybe the, the romance thing, it won't, uh, won't come up. Maybe, maybe that's just me overthinking it. But she, she does mention that she gives an ultimatum in her mind, I suppose. Or maybe she's talking to Kaguya. It's either me or Ishigami. Yeah, the audacity of her the, to the, make Yeah, the that. audacity like, to make that claim. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, after that, having said that, how, what, what's she expecting? Yeah. Does she expect to get picked after having said that? Right. Yeah, it, it, oh. it's ridiculous. So I'm wondering if it's not like necessarily, uh, you know, romantic feelings that are happening. Could it be that she's being so possessive of Miko that how dare she find someone special other than me? Which would be really messed up. Oh, can, kind of like Chica was for a moment in this volume. Yeah, true. Yeah, Chica was like that. <laughs> but Chica's great. No. <laughs> <laughs> we can forgive Chica. <laughs> uh, uh, there's something wrong with me. No. Um, <laughs> no. I, no. Uh, no. No. Chica is better than Kobachi 100 times. Yeah. There's... Like... Yeah. At least right now. As you said earlier, like, if the next volume, like, I, I think, yeah, as much as I'm displeased with Kobachi right now, I would appreciate getting some more depth on her in the next volume, in some sense, whether it's through a backstory or if it's just through get, just understanding her psyche and, and just thoughts better. Whatever it is, I mm-hmm. would like something like that because I want to understand her as much right. as I dislike her at the moment. Right. Yeah, I know. Absolutely, and I'm I'm hoping that's what this next volume was. There is, mm. and I, I, another thing is with the flower thing she mentions. I um, <sighs> she mentions she's ashamed of the of jealousy there, and and so what is she ashamed that Ishigami was the noticed Miko and 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 did something? If if Ishigami was the person who did that, is she jealous of just Miko going on and on about? Having this potential true love, I, 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 there's not a whole lot we get per se, but there's a lot to think about. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she said she said she was ashamed when Miko would bring up the flower. She said she was always ashamed of, of oh, her jealousy. Ashamed of my jealousy. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're mm-hmm. right. You're right. You're right. Huh. Yeah. So she is jealous for some reason. So I guess it it does make sense to think that she's. That she does have some romantic interest for you. 
in that case maybe or something or, I, I don't know or, or maybe I guess not necessarily <laughs> yeah it's not, not uh, it doesn't have to necessarily be that that could be one no. option but maybe maybe yeah. it's also just jealous that miko has somebody or is maybe she's jealous that miko isn't turning to her for support i don't know like it's not clear hopefully the next volume clears it up <laughs> yeah oh my gosh because i yeah i've always really liked osaragi being the the person who cheers Miku on behind the scenes. Like that was how it, kind of the character was established in the beginning. And to right. suddenly kind of, not suddenly, it's, it's kind of been going this way ever since the whole Tsubame uh, Ishigami arc. Yeah. But we get to the, we've gotten to this point that it just really is confusing. What is she doing? Ah, oh, and yeah. And, and another thing that I have appreciated about her, um has been well her as an observer uh, yeah and her observations on all sorts of things throughout the story so far they've been really good observations and i think both you and i have have kind of found her her thoughts about various things to be insightful and good good stuff but now she sickens me <laughs> i oh yeah i'm done talking about her what about you uh, on a lighter note, we <laughs> we get a look at her eyes. Don't really get yeah. that too much, but it's not the full mm. look. Like we get one eye that's pretty close. I mean, that's probably the closest we've gotten to her eye. I feel like. Yeah, we got like in the flashback, we got young Kobachi with I think both right, eyes, right. But that was that's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my book, I agree. Um, so yeah, get getting yeah that one eye. I mean, very pretty. But obviously hard to acknowledge that considering what, what's happening. And then the other eye and another one, <laughs> like when she's like realizing Miko's behind, she's right behind me and she uh, uh-huh. kind yeah, of moment. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Not fun. It was, I mean, I mean, it, it, actually it was kind of fun, like seeing the drama unfold, but also just really heartbreaking that it had to happen or that, that it did happen. Yeah. It didn't have to Dude, happen. Oh my God. Kuko Punch didn't, be, didn't need to be like this, but sometimes yeah. you can't, you can't control your feelings, I guess. <laughs> I mean, true. But man, I cannot understand. Ugh, anyway, yeah. That's that. Yep. Uh, let's move on to Kaguya Shinomiya. Finally tells her best friend about her dating, as we said. You know, like, finally get yeah. that out there. And not just best friends, she tells everybody. But I'm glad that Chika was finally, finally able to find out. Yeah, absolutely. Even though it was four months after they after started they dating, but yeah, <laughs> but still, still, it, it it's good that it it happened, and and this this whole thing that we talked about, like about Kaguya telling Chika to quit playing the piano back when they first met, mm-hmm. she can't have said that because she thought Chika was bad at playing piano, considering mm-hmm. we know that she was excellent and she, you know she won mm-hmm. awards and like she was really really promising piano player, so there's no way Kaguya said it because she thought. Chica was just too bad to continue playing, mm-hmm. right? So with that in mind, it must have been, on some level at least, because she somehow noticed, I guess, Chica's struggle and kind of the pressure that she was under. Maybe she could relate to the to well to the pressure part of it, because obviously Kaguya has all for her whole life been under a lot of pressure from her family. Mm. Maybe, maybe something like that. I just it must have been, I think, for the, for that reason at least to some extent, just because it. I don't see any other reason for why she would have said it. Right. It, like the only other reason for a person potentially saying that in that situation w- 
maybe jealousy i can't bring that word but you know like i suppose oh she's so good like you know she's got Mm. a curvy figure (laughs) (laughs) okay okay true that's something we've actually seen from her before (laughs) right that that at some point for her so maybe maybe she's like uh do you stop maybe she that came out she did she did seem kind of embarrassed uh about saying that Mm. uh when she was thinking back on it but I also like to think potentially it was that she saw Chica was not really enjoying herself or, you know, just mm. being the super observant person that she is. I, I, I guess that, that she just saw someone that wasn't, yeah, um, putting her whole heart in, into it. Right. I wonder what the game was that made her and Chica friends. We, we haven't heard what the <laughs> game is, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think they ever specified <laughs> Because they said that, didn't she say the loser had to be? Well, I think she said that if if uh, Kaguya loses, then she has to become her friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I win, you'll be my friend. Yeah, yeah. So mm. what what game did she beat Kaguya in? I wonder. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, Chika must have won. I wonder if she cheated or not. <laughs> oh, I would mm. be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's yeah. precious that she views Chika as special, and just like I found another mm. special someone. It being Miyuki, you know, and I just, I, I yeah. love, I love that, and how you can have multiple special people in your life. Exactly. Yeah, that is really nice. All right, then let's move on to Miyuki Shirogane next. I loved how he was able to learn the dance quite quickly because he, you know, he <laughs> could recall back to the, yeah. you know, the previous times when she had coached him. I, th- I thought that was beautiful. Really nice. Absolutely. Just again, progression and. Look how far we've come. Yeah. I already mentioned the cockroach thing earlier, so I don't actually have anything else on Miyuki. Oh, yeah. What about you? <laughs> I think it was funny that he relates to Miko's devious strategy, you know, the kind of the yes. hula hoops that she, or the hoops that she was going through. If I <laughs> get better at this video game, I could be able to talk to him, and then I, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, right. He's like, wow, this is really complicated, but it's something that I would probably do anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. Precisely. Yeah, he and Kaguya have been there. <laughs> 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 yeah yeah that's sweet that's all i have all right then let's talk about rei onodera a bit next all right i thought her misunderstanding of miko was pretty hilarious uh, yeah thinking <laughs> you know all that um but i i enjoyed kind of following along with her dilemma about you know whether or not to tell you about what she thought was going on with miko absolutely um, that was interesting and really that chapter uh both she and you dealt with doing what they thought was right while trying not to repeat their past mistakes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I thought that was an interesting part of that chapter from both of their perspectives. Right. It was, it was an interesting comparison, too. Um, the, the whole yeah. Otomo in- incident and then what was going on with Miko. Um, Precisely. Yeah, it was, it was nice. Hmm. And, and I'll echo it. I like her Onodera's development from when we first had, saw her in the story till now. You know, she's yeah. really aware of what she was before and now how she wants to be. And I really like that. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, she has become one of my favorites. Like, I'd say she's she's probably in my top 10, maybe. Oh, really? Um, of wow. characters at this point. Not like, not, not high in the top 10, but no. in the top 10. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, honestly, yeah. She's great. And I, I just love how big of a you, Miko shipper she is. She's yes staring at them while you confronted shiragani dad you know (laughs) yeah 
Then let's move on to Hikaru Obayashi next. Okay. The the teacher. Mm-hmm. It was really nice getting to know him a bit, since he was really just a name and a face before this volume. Yeah. And I'm excited to see, well, to see more of him, really, because his mission is basically to, to protect Kaguya, mm-hmm. um, to some extent. And I think, I think last time we talked a bit about kind of how Kaguya and Miyuki and the other students would, I guess, quote-unquote, fight against the Shinomiya family mm-hmm. uh, and kind of to help Kaguya, how they would go about that. And, like, I feel like we have a lot of allies, like, out of the students already. Right. Like, people that are on Kaguya's and Miyuki's side and who would do a lot to help them in this whole endeavor. Mm-hmm. But it's cool to know that, or to probably know that this guy may also side with them and to have an adult on their side like that who was basically hired for this purpose more or less (laughs) so that's that's pretty exciting yeah i I like how it kind of gives an adult perspective on on their plight in a way yeah Um, and how kind of reassures kaguya that not all adults are you know necessarily scheming to make your life miserable per se you know it we're all just kind of faking it till we make it. You know, we're not as powerful as we may, as we may seem. Yeah. And in a way, it kind of give. Maybe she hasn't felt it yet, but I think he can give Miyuki and her hope um, that they they will be able to be together. But right. That's just kind of beginning thoughts, and we'll see what happens going forward. Yeah, and well, we got a little bit of a ship that might start to be built <laughs> yeah. here with him and the and the komari machida another teacher at the school who i think is the teacher in miko's and Yu's homeroom i think so um, yeah i think they're 2a yeah I think. Uh, right at least it was a second class uh teacher yeah. so mm-hmm. i think it might it might have been their class it probably is yeah i guess we'll see how much of that we'll see uh, moving <laughs> forward <laughs> anything else on mr robayashi no well, let's talk about daddy shirogane so, yeah, he took over Chika's headband and became Miko's FPS sensei. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was. Oh, that was so fun. And by the end of it, he sent the ogre headband back to Chika. <laughs> Honestly, one of my favorite gags. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so great. hilarious. It's really good. <laughs> Chika's home is that way. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I don't really have much on him, though, like, in terms of actual content. Nah, I didn't expect him to be a huge gamer right not as much as we as he turned out to be yeah <laughs> and really like an old school gamer who has even kept up with the modern uh, games too yeah i guess it just comes with being a content creator <laughs> uh, right right yeah he yeah he must have done all sorts of streams and stuff like that the last character that i have notes for is kormo shiranui who we got to know in this volume really for the first time really, like we'd seen her before and this time she actually had a role for the first time, so that was nice. Yeah. Still hope to see more of her, of course, but mm-hmm. it was good to get some, well, an, an introduction. Inter-love rival? At the very least, it's it's an obstacle for Miko, you know? Yeah, from Miko's point of view, yeah, she is a bit of a hindrance, maybe. From Yu's point of view, I could see either way, really. Like, I could uh. either see it, because I could see similarities with her and, and uh, Tsubame. So, oh. with that in hmm. mind... I could imagine that you might fall for her. However, I could also see similarities with her and Kyoko, in which case I don't think oh. he would fall for her because 
because he I, I don't think there was ever love interest for for for, for from you to toward Kyoko. I guess that's like that can be debated, I suppose. But anyway, I guess my point my, my point is I could see either way. I didn't think about how Ishigami felt about her. Um that's a good good question. I I think yeah, right now I don't think there's really anything. I mean, there, I I'm I'm sure like he maybe he would be interested physically speaking <laughs> in mm. in her, you know, something someone who is supposed to be one of the most attractive people <laughs> at the school. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be interesting. I just don't know if the the, the fe- those feelings are are there yet, especially with him s- still getting over uh, Tsubame in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think most likely he probably doesn't have any feelings like that for her. I guess the way I thought about it was does she have anything or will oh. she have anything? And, and oh, I, I don't see. think so. I uh I guess my answer is still no. I don't I'm not even sure if she'll end up gaining feelings for him. I guess it would be more interesting if she does become a little love rival, but I almost feel like she's just just going to be there to egg Miko on in a way but then yeah but then why would she be one of the difficult girls or mm, i don't know impossible girls, impossible yeah. impossible girls mm, yeah exactly she she and momoru yuju still still gotta have more of a role to play i feel yeah so whatever that's gonna be <laughs> i guess we'll see mm-hmm. uh do you have any other characters you want to talk about uh mikado and just real quick ah. Yeah. He seemed pleased to hear Miyuki and Kaguya had gone all the way. Like, that, you know, <laughs> Kaguya was getting on with her life. Yeah, yeah. That shit was in a happy relationship and stuff. Yeah. Right, a happy relationship. Not entirely clear, like, exactly how he was processing it. I felt, I thought it was, you know, kind of happy for her. I think so, too. I don't know. I, I feel like what his role in all this, why he's here at this school, is still a mystery. Definitely. And so the fact that, that Kaguya is going on with getting on with her life hmm. could have something to do with his mission. Um, and I, I don't know, just something that I was thinking about. That's all I have. Cool. Then let's move on to the comedy discussion. Yes. And James, take it away with anything you got on Chica. <laughs> let's just get that out of the way. The duality of Chica. You get the super understanding, beaming Chica, and then all of a sudden she's screaming, crying on the floor. <laughs> Like, <laughs> this is cuckoldery! Like, whoa! <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, she was so immature that whole time. Or not the whole time, but oh my gosh. <laughs> Just flailing on the floor like a oh, baby. Oh boy. Ch- changing your mind is a sign of maturity. <laughs> She's the most mature person here then. Yeah, and when she was just, like, behind Miyuki's chair yes. trying to intimidate him or, like, doing oh, weird so noises. <laughs> I don't know if she was hissing or I don't know what she was doing. That was... Yeah, oh, my. I really want to, the anime to get there. Obviously, that's way in the future oh, now. but I know. That's, that's going to be great. <laughs> They're going to do great. Uh, we already mentioned the Oni headband. So great. Love it. Um, can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait to see Chica stumble upon it. Like, it's probably going to be some, like... <laughs> little side page right you know panel thing <laughs> uh, uh, she's probably just, oh no or something. yeah like with a sweat drop or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh. and then uh dancing with chica that should have been me that should have been me <laughs> i had a feeling you'd do some say something <laughs> yeah miyuki was very close to chica there that should have been me <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> Kaguya's mind when Obayashi walks in at or just that whole that whole scene of her, her yeah. wrongly perceiving <laughs> interpreting his words was hilarious. And it then the was. money gag returns. It's like I'll pay you. <laughs> like I'm real. Yes. <laughs> Is that the that third so time? I think that's the third I, time I we get like so. her handing over money. I think it was during the life game and also during the or when. Miyuki the heart made the heart the heart balloon yeah 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 <laughs> so funny it is yeah it's great <laughs> and it's not it's not overdone either it's just yeah it's perfect no it's so good <laughs> yeah I also I love how Miko immediately settled for calling Miki's dad daddy oh like my gosh. immediately she was like okay I'll call you daddy <laughs> it's like girl you were too quick on that <laughs> <laughs> she was. I love that. <laughs> I knew I knew there was going to be complications. Which as soon as you said that, I was like, "Oh, that's gonna, that's going to cause some trouble." Something's going. And and sure enough, Onodeto yeah. was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and I mean, I understand exactly how she would misinterpret that. Yeah, I've, uh, I, I, my I, gosh, I think both Kodomo and 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 uh, Miko need a little a little better way of describing what they're doing. Um, yeah, and not Although... giving people the wrong impression. <laughs> You're right, but I kind of, or I wondered if Koromo did it intentionally or unintentionally, because I could honestly see oh. both. All right, my initial thought was that that it was unintentional. It just That's somehow came out wrong. Yeah, but then I think on my second read through, I wondered if what if she's doing this intentionally, just just oh for the lulls, kind of. Yeah. Uh, maybe. How chaotic. I mean, we don't, cause yeah, right, precisely, because we don't really know her. So. True. So maybe she is this way. <laughs> and if that's the case, then honestly, I, I'm all into that. That's funny. Um, but, all right. Note but, to self. Peter is yeah. into that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, also, uh, Miko was teasing Daddy Shirogane over the phone. Oh, I thought that was funny in and of itself. Miko. But it's also nice how it's really the same thing that she's done to Miyuki before. True. Like kind of teasing Miyuki that in a very yeah. similar way. Good <laughs> so point. I really, I really like that. <laughs> yeah, well, she's definitely comfortable with the guy. Like, she'll start teasing him that way. <laughs> yeah, um, especially the Shiroganes. Especially the Shirogane. Yeah. I wonder if she'll tease K like that in the future. <laughs> I wonder. Hmm. Uh, you're so emo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, again. Uh, and and I think we've sort of understood by now that this is a translation thing. But even still, even though it is. Uh... Or or, or at least or at least that emo isn't referred to as exactly as it is in English. Like the, there, I, from what I've understood, it, there is some kind of disson, dissonance there. Um, but even with even though there is, like even though it's not a perfect translation, I still feel like it's funny anyway. <laughs> like especially since it's become such a re- recurring gag, kind of at this point. So when Hayasaka says it, mm. and when Miko say it, I think they're different instances, like different different words. Ah, okay. Is what I think. That, I mean, that, that, I think speaking, that makes sense, probably. I think mm. I think they got to be different, and I think it makes more sense for Miku here to say "you're so emo," mm-hmm. uh, versus when Ayasaka says it. Right, you're absolutely right. Yeah, here it might actually mean like what we in English use right. or, or mean when we say emo, but back in yeah in Ayasaka's case, it didn't make sense as actually emo. Right. Um. But yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I, I could be wrong. Um, I haven't seen the actual Japanese. 
even even still though i think it's it's fun i guess to just have this word coming back from time to time <laughs> at least you know in the english translations at the very least yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, it, it's fun regardless to me <laughs> i definitely got a chuckle out, out of me when she said it <laughs> yeah Girl gamers are impressed by guys who play well. Well, but I'll never find a girl a gamer girlfriend apparently because <laughs> I'm not very good. I love video games, but I suck. <laughs> Oof. No gamer girl for me. And there's plenty of fish in the sea. <laughs> did we just get the Ishigami version of how cute? We did. You, we <laughs> did. But and, and it makes sense, I think, for me yeah. to have that kind of fear. Absolutely. Because he has he has been giving those kind of smirky, kind of high horse expressions. And yeah, yeah, it's fun. It it made sense. It came naturally, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and oh how Akiba has fallen. Oh yeah. Did I ever tell you when I visited uh Akihabara, I did end up going to Maid Cafe only because the people who were with me, one of them being uh, native Japanese was like, oh, you got, we got to try this, we got to try. I mean, he wasn't. I don't think he was a nerd. Like he was, mm. or you know, otaku. I I think he wanted to see for himself, but he was using the excuse that uh, we had he had a bunch of gaijin with him. And like, oh, yeah, <laughs> let's go, let's go, let's go. Why why do you need to give an excuse? Like just do it if you want to do it. I I think that there's definitely a negative vi- vision about it. I suppose. Then again, you're in Akihabara, so it's right. kind of expected uh, that it would be. But it is funny how Ishigami kind of brings up that it's just kind of gone to the wasteland. <laughs> yeah, right. Do you remember what year that was when you went to a maid cafe? 2015. 15. Okay, so I was there three years later and went to a maid cafe as well um, with my cousin and a Japanese friend of ours. Mm. And we went there on my initiative. Cause I I I, just, I was curious. I you know I I watched Science Gates. I want I wanted to see yeah. what it was like in person. You know, it was really just out of curiosity for me. Mm-hmm. For me, it was super super embarrassed. I'm being dragged here. I guess I'll I guess I'll be here, kind of a thing. But anyway, it was definitely experience. Um, so it was just funny to see to hear uh, Ishigami talk about that. And I, I I've always wondered what it was like for people who actually lived there. Right. And seeing that this is what the city. <laughs> has turned to <laughs> yeah absolutely anyway um i actually took very few notes on the comedy for this uh, discussion as you may have noticed i didn't bring a whole lot of stuff up during the comedy part here <laughs> uh, or i sorry if, if you have anything more feel free to bring up more but I, I just wanted to say that to me this wasn't that i mean th- I, definitely i laughed here and there and there were funny bits right uh, for sure but overall i feel like this is a more serious volume that doesn't have as much comedy as a lot of the other volumes do. To me, personally, I, I like that. I mean, volume 15 is probably my favorite volume of all, and mm. that one is also one of these volumes that doesn't have quite as much comedy uh, compared to other, like, I guess, aspects. Yeah. I feel like when, when you have comedy in the Kaguya volumes, there's, like, chapters dedicated to it. There really wasn't a chapter dedicated to just, like, a comedy bit. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, yeah. In this one, there was definitely funny moments, and like like you, I was laughing uh, at times, and you know the whole Shiragani dad thing and and Chika and all <laughs> all, all, all this. So many. There yeah. was a, for me. There was a lot of funny moments, but there sure. wasn't like you know a chapter like this is going to be the funny chapter. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. It wasn't like pump up the big balloon chapter. Like it wasn't anything right, like that. Exactly. For example. <laughs> Which yeah. To some people, maybe that's 
a, a downer. You know, it's like, why isn't this how it used to be? This is not, this is not love is war, uh, which I'm pretty sure Akasaga has made a point before, just, you know, saying like, my story has really changed to what it used to be. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like this is okay. I, I love the direction we've gone in. I think it's changed for the better. Like, I think the story just keeps on getting better and better and better. Like, or, well, more right. or less, anyway. Well, well, more or less. I mean, yeah. we've definitely, we're progressing. The story is not repeating itself, you know? Right. It's not, it's not the same kind of dynamic that we had at the very beginning, which I feel like a lot of ro- longer running manga, yeah, there'll be some development, but it, sometimes the formula does get a little old. Mm. Uh, yeah. And that's not really the case with Kaguya-sama. It's, exactly. It's, in a sense, a, a, a continuous drama in a way. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, and I, I've said before, it really is the drama part of this manga that appeals to me the most, like, more yeah. so than the, the comedy, for sure. Even though, of course, I love the comedy as well, but... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I do have one more thing, sorry to... That, that yeah. would have been a great way to end, but I... No, no, I no, no all good. Thing. <laughs> Go for um, it. I think you appreciate this. I think you'll really appreciate this. Hmm? Men suck! All romantic feelings suck! No Kobayashi, maybe you suck. Like yes, maybe, maybe that's that's the thing that you're missing here. <laughs> yes, Kobayashi sucks. Oh, did I say Kobayashi? Sorry. Oh, I, oh, I didn't even basically. notice. It's all good. <laughs> Osaragi sucks. There you go. She does. At least that's how I feel right now. Very strongly. If I hadn't made that clear, I actually don't feel like that. But <laughs> I do. I'm so upset with her. I mean, I mean, she sucks in this in this volume. Like, like this volume, I guess, to- like totally. Uh, but oh. one, I, I'm hoping for some sort of redemption, uh, change of light, kind of a thing. Man, if that's yeah. And also, I, I I just see what what she used to be, and I feel like okay, she's not a terrible person. I don't think, but this 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 one does make me doubt big time. Yeah. So, well, on that, let's move into predictions now. Okay. Yeah. I guess the the big question really is: Will Miko and Kobashi be able to get this whole thing sorted out in a in a good way? Like, is it gonna? It does is, does it have a happy ending? And if so, how do we get there? Because honestly, I have a really hard time seeing how Kobachi is gonna get redeemed after having pulled this shit. Mm. Personally, like, mm-hmm. what can she do to make up for all of this? I don't know. I'm not sure. Because <laughs> she really goofed up or messed up. or Well, she, she said that, that she messed up, I think. Right. And you know what? I, I think realizing that you messed up kind of means that there is a chance for redemption in a way. If she was just like, whatever, I don't care, yeah. kind, of, kind of a thing, which I don't think True. she was totally. Um, more, she was more like, uh, why am I like this in a way? Um, but then she went went on and on uh, about her about her complicated feelings. Um, yeah, I don't. It's it's rough. I mean, clearly she doesn't have any positive feelings or thoughts toward Miko. So why? Like honestly, I'm just baffled. <laughs> she has by in the past. The fa- it's it's it seemed that way, yeah. But based on everything she said here, it doesn't seem like there is any positive feelings at all. And I, with that in mind, I'm like, why? I'm just baffled as to why she yeah. would have kept up this facade for as long as she has and pretended to be friends with someone who she more or less despises based on her description of Miko in this volume. Like, that, that's just so strange to me, and it makes me dislike her even more. I mean, ugh, that last chapter really got to me. Like, 
I, I couldn't stop thinking about it for like two whole days after I read this volume the first time last week. What was that? But anyway, yeah. And now I'm getting all rallied up again. <laughs> <just> <laughs> let, let me just say mm. that I feel like this is someone who's speaking in a very emotional time. Sometimes you say things that you don't necessarily mean when you're mm. high strung, when you're caught up in the moment. And to an extent when you think someone's not listening and, and and maybe, and I think there's probably some truth or if not all truth to what she, to how she's feeling here and what, what she says. Mm. But at the same time, I, I struggle to think that there isn't any sort of care or uh, special feelings that she has for Miko as a friend. Um, so I'm expecting to, in the next volume, see exactly what, how she's feeling or at least see some regret for what she said. Um, yeah, and just getting to understand her a little better because there's there's something that we're just not quite uh, seeing yet, in my opinion. I hope so. I hope there's yeah. more. I hope, I hope somehow, miraculously, that I can like her again. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. and I understand if if you really can't, like, I I can get that because it 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 is something that is that would be hard to fully forgive, and mm. I I don't know if their relationship can ever be the same again really um but i would love to see them try yeah yeah if if both want to of course it takes i mean yeah right exactly but it's gonna take i think a lot from kobachi to yeah to really make up for everything that she said in that last chapter of this book right i agree like a whole lot yeah. And like the the ball is in her court. Like she needs to make a move and it's got to be a damn good one. And I don't yeah, I have no clue what could what that could be, but yeah. And yeah. his history according to how this story has gone, she's not really one to make too many moves per se, you know. Right. Yeah, she's really a passive character who yeah. mostly just observes other characters. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, what's she going to do? Ah. Mm. Yeah, I I mean, I I'm excited to say the least, for the next book. For sure. But the heart that you handed over to Miko at the end of the Culture Festival, well, still hasn't happened. <laughs> uh, I keep mentioning it because I feel like I, it's got to happen at any moment now. Um, but it's got to, at this point especially, it's got to be drawing near, right? Like, because mm. as we talked about, you has started to kind of question his feelings, finally. And Miko is definitely very much there. And, you know, mm-hmm. she's talked to, like, s- several characters just know that how she feels. Like, the entire student council, right. except for <laughs> you, knows it. Plus yeah. Onodera and Kobachi and, you know, everybody knows. <laughs> and, and I guess also knowing that the next volume cover has Miko on it, I guess, makes me a, a little extra confident that we'll get some good content on her. It's definitely where the story is focused on right now. It, exactly, it really is. It, it only makes sense to continue... I guess this thread, at least to a degree, into the next volume. Maybe not one hundred percent. Like I guess, yeah. We'll 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 see. But but also something else that's coming up. In addition to the potential heart that she might claim after well more than three months have passed now. In addition to that, I'm pretty sure the story right now is either at the very end of April or at the very beginning of May. It should be like right around that month shift right now. Mm. And Miko's birthday is coming up on May fifth. So. I Ooh-hoo. think that may be something that we get in the next volume. Sweet. So, you know, maybe 
Maybe you gives her a nice present or something. Take some advice from Hayasaka. Wrap yourself in a ribbon. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. We didn't see Hayasaka in this book. Except for, like, a, a little flashback. Like, one panel. Uh, oh, yeah. That was about it. Tr true, true. There was a little, little flashback. Yeah, yeah. I would like to see a little bit more of her in the next book. I mean, yeah, sure. A little bit more. A little bit. Yeah, I mean... If, if if nothing big, like just something like like Nagisa and uh, Maki were, for example, in this book. Yeah, Just a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I want to see her, you know, just a little sure. bit. Sure. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But anyway, um, the party with the sister school in Paris is coming up. And maybe not in the next volume, but soon. Maybe in the next volume, I guess. We'll have, we'll have to see. And that seems like it might be a pretty big event. So actually, with if, if it is a big event, like it should be like a a trip around the world and kind of. uh then um it might not happen until maybe the, the volume after next mm. uh if uh, since right now it seems like we're pretty caught up in in the miko kobachi drama as well as <laughs> as well as the romance the potential romance between you and miko so mm -hmm. we are kind of already there so maybe the paris trip won't happen until volume 25 maybe but it should be fun huh. anyway so they are, do we know for sure they're going to Paris or is it some backwards things that they're coming here to host it? <laughs> oh, it... <laughs> I guess, I guess we don't know that for sure. Okay. I, I just assume that, that they would host it in Paris and that the Japanese students would travel over there similarly to how the, the, the French students uh, traveled over to Tokyo last time. That'd be nice. That'd be really cool. Yeah. And like to have a trip because we had the Tokyo or sorry, the Kyoto trip. But that was only like part of the main characters were who went there. But now mm -hmm. I imagine for this potential Paris trip, then all of our main characters could could go together. That would be fun. Yeah, uh, I agree with all your uh, questions and and predictions, unless I said otherwise. Uh, <laughs> I guess just the overall overall story. You know what is going down with Mikado and. Uh, you know, what's going to happen when the Shinomiya family finds out about their relationship? Yeah. What's happening in that end? Um, we're getting a lot of, as we said, Miko and and her relationships and Ishigami, obviously. Hmm. Um, and, and it's nice to, like, take a break from the super serious stuff. Uh, but I'm also curious to see where that plot thread is going. Like, will they be able to stay together? Um, right. Not to say, not to say, I I was like, oh, I need that. But just thinking now about what do I want to see, mm. that's something that I would definitely like to get more into, and how Shinomi is going to possibly fight against her family. You're right. Yeah, actually, yeah. Since this book didn't really deal with that at all, I guess I guess it would make sense to at least have some of that in the next book to kind of get back on that track a little bit. Yeah. Because I mean, obviously, yeah, that that is kind of the main main story, and that's mm -hmm. there's definitely a lot of excitement there, I think. But hey, if it, if they had to sacrifice that in order to give Chica some more love, well, it seems like a worthy <laughs> sacrifice to me. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, on that, you know, it's possible we may get, I mean, not not necessarily, but maybe we'll get the first out of these two um, Chica teaching Miyuki moments that were hinted at. Uh, maybe we'll get one of those in the next volume. Oh, maybe. Uh, whether it's the swimming one or the insect phobia one. Honestly, like, yeah, the, the, the insect phobia 
chapter, whatever it's going to be, whenever it's going to be, it, it's, it's one of the things that I'm the most excited for, especially since it really, or I'm really hoping and thinking that it's going to be, you know, with the, the cockroach coming back from, <laughs> from, from volume two with bringing all its friends to Ch- Chuchin Academy. Like, <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> that would be so awesome. Uh, so that, that's, that's one thing I'm really excited for, which, you know, maybe we'll see it next volume. But that's all for my predictions. What about you? That's all for me, too. Awesome. What else do we got? I, I, I don't think I have a lot else to say. I think we're good. This has been a long discussion. <laughs> we have talked for a long time. Yeah, I guess no wonder, no wonder we're a little bit short on words now. <laughs> I, I guess the last thing I wanted to say was after I read this volume, I was like, and no offense if you're one of these people, no offense at all. How can you not think this story is uh, as good as it has been in the past? But yes, there's definitely some peak moments that happened in the past, but I feel like the story is just as strong as it's ever been. Mm. And so it's just shocking to me to say that it's suddenly become mid or it's not. It, granted, I don't know what the, the current chapters are like. Um, and also maybe there's something to say about waiting for a whole compilation of chapters versus getting the chapters one at a time. Yeah. Just wanted to put that out there. No, for sure. This is pretty strong story still. I agree completely. And I I think absolutely. I mean, based on, well, for both of us, at least, our experience with the Attack on Titan manga, we, I think you and I both appreciated it much more on upon rereading it in the volumes rather than reading, you know, each chapter as it came out. Mm -hmm. Um, Where I I think, I think it helps in, in pretty much probably most series. It, it just helps to to get a larger chunk of content, uh, even though it it's not it's not as often. Uh, mm-hmm. I think larger chunks of content help you appreciate the arcs more. At least for me, it definitely does, and I, I know that for sure. So then, that's all for this week. If you enjoy our content, you can follow us on Twitter at Umami Manga, and it would be lovely if you'd like to support us by either rating our show on the podcast platforms or subscribing to our channel Umami Manga on YouTube. If you liked this episode, please share it with anyone you think might enjoy it too. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time when we'll talk about Volume 24. Bye-bye. See you later. I know that when, whenever the first snow of the winter comes, like everyone and their mother will write on Facebook, like, it's snowing! <laughs> like every fucking time. <laughs> That's great. I love it. I wish we were like that. <laughs> uh, That's hilarious.